So we're going to go on a little bit of a journey this afternoon. And so if you want a, a title for the message, it's Correct Connections in Christ. And we live in a world now that is more connected than at any other point in history. Do you know that there are nearly 8 billion people in the world? 30 years ago, it was widely accepted that there was what's called six degrees of separation. So that would mean, if you think about the United States President, Joe Biden, you would be six people away from standing in front of him. As the world has grown, that number has shrunk to 4.6. So it tells us that we are now more connected than at any other point in our lives. Do you know, research shows that it takes a minimum of about 45 to 50 hours to convert somebody that you don't know, that you've never met, into being your friend. That your friend that you went to school with, if they are still your friend when you are 30, they will be your friend for life. Statistical certainty, almost guaranteed. Jesus started his ministry at 30. And the global pandemic that we've navigated our way through over the last two years has instituted the greatest reevaluation of relationships inside the church and outside of the church than at any other point in humanity. There's a man called Robin Dunbar. He's a British anthropologist. Basically, he studies what makes us human, if you're wondering what that is. And he's worked out, in his opinion, with all of his research, that your average human can maintain approximately 150 meaningful relationships in your life. And so it got me thinking a little bit about where am I on this? So I'm going to share some data about my own social media platforms. Number one, in my phone contact list, as of yesterday, I have 1,154 names and cell phone numbers. I have 2,130 friends on my Facebook. I have 708 people on my LinkedIn, and I have 337 people on my Instagram. Now, I know what you're saying for the Instagrammers, the younger generation. Grow that platform. I'll look into it. But some initial thoughts for us. These here, it's a bit of a laugh if you like coffee, give you a little bit of a flavor about why we post on the platforms that we post on. So I'm definitely the guy on YouTube. I will show you me drinking a cup of coffee and I will take a video of that. But genuinely, for us, we need to think about something. We need to reflect on our circles of friendships. I think we need to choose our friends wisely. When I did my own reflections, I'll be honest, I landed on three questions. What is the purpose? What is the, the main thrust or purpose or theme of those friendships that I have with each person? So it's an honest appraisal, admittedly only from my side. But when I meet up with those people, what is the main thrust of the relationship? Two, what, if anything, are they actually contributing to my life? And three, what am I actually sowing into their life and how am I showing them Christ and serving them? You'll never get a sermon out of me that doesn't have a proverb. I love the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 11 verse 25 declares, whoever brings blessing will be enriched and whoever waters will himself need watery, be watered, I beg your pardon. Which tells me that every single one of us, whether we're watching online and we're just trying to find out about church and about Jesus, whether you're a seasoned Christian, you know friendships are absolutely vital. We need each other. 
We need trustworthy, close relationships. And in church circles, we need to understand that people need to be led and loved, not managed and tolerated. Amen. And so I want you to think a little bit as we attempt to grow spiritually this house this year. At the center of your own considerations are where are your healthy friendships? Not the feeble, fragile connections that we have online, but the real person that you encounter Sunday by Sunday, in church, in your cell meetings, in your interactions outside of church. Can I encourage you, don't allow social media to define the purpose of your relationships. I believe that if we want authentic relationships, we need to acknowledge that it's not going to be easy. It's going to cost us. It's going to take us into places and into levels of intimacy and connection and vulnerability that we may not be comfortable with. Why? Social media has made us lethargic. It's made us lazy. We think because you sent me a friend request and I accepted, we're now friends. And the relationship or friendship dies at that first point of interaction. And there is nothing built past that. But we need to build genuine care and concern for each other's welfare, which means that we need to move beyond being passive to actually participating in each other's lives. Can I get a strong amen in the house? And that's for the family of God here in the church, but also the people that do not yet know Jesus. So a question for you right where you are this afternoon as we start our conversation. Who are you truly caring for today? Not who do you know in church. We're a big church. But who are you truly caring for? Who are you investing your life into? Now I know what you're thinking. Before we pour out some corporate love and grace, Scott, I've been hurt. Well, welcome. It's great to have you with us. You're in good company. Everyone has been hurt and harmed at one point in their life. You're in good company. Jesus himself was rejected, rebuffed, removed from society, from areas of life by his friends and by people in his community. Don't downgrade your expectations and engagement to fit with your history or your current circumstances. Choose this afternoon to upgrade your confidence and your conviction to match your destiny and determine in your heart that today you are going to start to cultivate the correct connections in Christ. Amen? So I believe that there's three, three ways that we can do this. Number one, we need to learn the difference between someone being interested in our lives and someone being invested in our lives. There is a fundamental distinction. I would never mention the, the, the name of the person, but I'll give you an example that maybe you can connect to. Everyone has social media, or most people have social media, and occasionally you get a notification, and you look at that notification, and you realize that somebody liked a photo or a status from like five years ago. Can anyone relate? Maybe you're the victim of that like I was, or maybe you're the perpetrator. They are interested in your life, 100%, no question. They didn't mean to click like, they were just interested to see what you were doing in your life. But I think we can go further. I think that we can be invested in each other's lives, where it's sacrificial, where it's servant-hearted, where the greatest goal of that investment is that I see Christ in you, and I want to help you fulfill your calling in Christ. I think Paul captures it perfectly for us in Philippians 2, verses 1 through 4. He declares, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, 
complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and in one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Do you know, we could spend the rest of our time on this earth just trying to live out those four verses. And it's humbling, but it gives us an opportunity that we need to recognize and release the goodness of God into every atmosphere, into every environment, into every opportunity that God gives us, that we can bring life, we can add value, we can bring purpose, we can help shape people's destiny and help them fulfill their calling with confidence and with clarity as we step forward and invest wholeheartedly into their lives. And we look at the life of Jesus. Well, he prayed all night before he chose his disciples. That's an investment. And those disciples became his friends. Amen? And he recognized a few things about them that I want to share briefly. He recognized their availability ahead of their ability. He recognized their commitment ahead of their comfort. And he recognized their conviction ahead of their convenience. Can I encourage you today? Choose today to become an ambassador for Jesus Christ everywhere you go. Amen? where you become someone that brings edification, you empower, you encourage, and you equip other people to fulfill their high calling in Christ. You know, we've got, we got to get to the point and place where we speak the promises of God over each other's lives. Amen? That we tell Scripture, we declare the promises and goodness of God so that we bolster our faith and we also strengthen their faith. Hmm. If we want to impact this city, if we want to build this spiritual house, We've got to start by building each other. Not looking at the flaws, the frailties and the failures, but looking at the treasure, looking at the goodness, looking at what God has invested and placed within each and every one of us and going, how can I help that person rise? How can I help that person get to the place where they are flourishing in and through the things of God? Which means we have to move from being interested in someone's life to being truly invested. And the word for that really appears for me in Psalm 37, verses 23 and 24. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Just take a moment to pause here. And I know we'll never get to the Lord's point because we can never have his glory, we can never reach his level. But I just wonder in our own lives, could we get to a point and a place with every person that we encounter here in the church family, every person in our workplace, every person in the coffee shop that we go on Saturday morning, where we delight in every detail of their lives. The good stuff, the bad stuff, the complicated stuff, the ugly stuff, including their sin, where we actually go, wow, I want to actually delight in all that God is doing in your life. I want to come alongside you. I want to draw alongside you and encourage you in the things of God. You know why? We need those connections because God's plan and God's purpose has not changed. Everything that we read in Scripture is still true. Amen. We are the community of the King. We are birthed in the fulfillment. Jesus Christ has come. The kingdom has begun and we can enter into all the promises of God if we choose intentionally today to step forward and we live in hope and in an expectation for that. But... Central to those considerations are the fact that we have so many 
connections. And so who do we choose? Who do we deprioritize? Who do we decide gets the lion's share of our time? I have to share something with you quite openly. I am a minimalist. Now, if you're wondering what that is, I'm someone, if I, don't, if I have to think about whether I need something in my house, I probably don't need it. Chuck it out. Give it away. I, I'm just a minimalist. If you've ever seen my office, I, I would never swing a cat, but to use the expression, you can literally swing a cat in my office. If Pastor Mark took down all the photos of my nieces and nephews, you wouldn't even know that it was my office. Wow, I'm a minimalist. And I just wonder in our own lives, can we accept and buy into the idea that actually less is more? In Japan, this is a, ho a photograph of your average bedroom in Japan. They believe in minimalism. They live with 300 items or less. And in fact, they have this idea that if you need more than 300 items, your life is a little bit cluttered. Your life is a little bit busy with stuff and with people. Can I suggest, maybe for some of us here, we've got too many people speaking into our lives. Hmm? There's an idea. We don't need to buy into the lie that the world weaves into our minds that quantity supersedes quality. I could live in a place like this. I've got to admit, the bed would have to come into the middle and be raised a bit, but I could deal with that. I could deal with that. In every environment and atmosphere we encounter, that is the overarching message, that more is necessary. Can I suggest that sometimes we add to our lives by actually subtracting stuff or people, but the world will tell you you add to your life by adding to your life. Hmm. So who's speaking into your life? Because in a house that's full of stuff, nothing of significance stands out. Nothing. You could be an Olympic champion and it's sitting on the bedside cabinet and nobody would see that medal because you've got so much other stuff there. And yet when we start to declutter, we start to deprioritize, we start to clear up a little bit the things that are there start to spring to life. They start to have, we start to see their value and their purpose. And then there's a little bit more clarity where previously there was a little bit of chaos and clutter. And so I wonder if the same is true with our friendships. By deprioritizing and decluttering, maybe we start to hear who in this season of our lives, God has put in our lives to speak into our lives, amen? And we can't accept the old adage, well, they've always been there, therefore they're always there. Just because somebody is in your life doesn't mean that they're permission to speak into your life. Amen. We need to remove and maybe reassign some people in our lives. And that demands that we need to set our hearts afresh, renew that covenant connection with God. Colossians 3 verses 1 to 3 declares, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden in Christ. So I'm not suggesting that you need to cut off every friendship. Just make conscious decisions to limit the influence and impact of people. Do not make the common mistake of permissioning people to speak into your life simply because they are present in your life. If they're not participating, they don't have the permission. Regardless of what the pains and the problems have been, regardless of the success and the seasons, less is more. 500 
were told to wait on the promised Holy Spirit. 120 waited. The rest thought there was something better to do, something more important. And those 120 were blessed. Can you imagine if all 500 had, had waited? What would the world look like even today for us in our lives? Which means that we're going to need discernment because your discernment is going to help you produce the decisions. Which means you've got to be deliberate and decisive in knowing what to do. Which leads me to another point that's really important. Don't rely on your feelings. Your feelings fluctuate. Your feelings are ultimately futile. Don't deny the emotion. Deny it a place of influence in your life. Not every friendship you have will produce fruit. And that's okay. We need to be comfortable with that. Every person has different capacities and there are times and seasons for each and every person in your life. So a thought for us this afternoon. Do your friends know that they have the permission to challenge you in love, confront you, and call you higher into the purposes of God? If they don't, may I humbly suggest you have acquaintances and not friends. Because every person that contributes to your life is committed to helping you grow. So my, why, my one litmus test is consistency. I might not like everything that everyone says to me, but if I know that they are pro-me, they might not like everything I do and everything I say. But if there is a consistency, that breeds stability and security and a sense of trust in my heart. Which leads me to my third and final point. God will speak to you. Amen. As Christians, we often complain, oh, God isn't telling me anything. Are you listening? <laughs> or do you fall into the trap of selective hearing? Parents, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. When you ask your children to tidy their room and they don't hear you, you say dinner's ready, they're there before you finish your sentence. I'm learning this in my own life, that um, you've got to listen in everything, to everything that, that my girlfriend says to me. You have to pay attention, listen, repeat back to me what I said. And it's a real learning curve for me because, you know, I'm a guy and I kind of, kind of hear, but you don't listen. Uh, and so that's something that I'm growing in a little bit. Do you know, there are over 3,800 references in the scripture where the word declares God spoke. Over 3,800. Which tells me that God is always speaking, but we're not always hearing. God speaks to us through scripture. Psalm 19, take the time to read it. It's a great psalm. It declares so clearly the nature of the heart of God, but it shows and reveals that he's always speaking to us. And what we see here is, we need to understand what God is speaking to us. Jesus did nothing without first hearing. But when he spoke, things happened. 20 separate experiences in the book of Acts of people hearing from the Spirit, they all precede the move of God. Revelation, the whole book of Revelation is essentially God speaking. That is the person and the nature of God. So this afternoon, which friendships do you need to deconstruct, deprioritize? Who is fundamentally not healthy for your life? Are they calling you higher? Or do they just accept you the way you are? Because your real friends will always tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. And that distinction is important for us in our lives. And so I believe that as we allow God to speak to us, we will listen and we will hear what he has to say. And then... The call, the charge is on us to take 
the steps necessary to change. And then in those moments, the defective, unhealthy relationships fade away as you discover what the authentic connections are in your life, and they will breed purpose, life, and the grace of God. Ephesians 5 verses 8 and 9 tell us, For you were once in darkness, but now you are in the light of the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Wow. Which means for us that we can't be ruled by a warped sense of loyalty to maintain certain circles of friends. That loyalty is limiting you and damaging you. Because when the wrong friendships start disconnecting, you bring greater clarity into your life about who the right connections are. You create space for new connections in Christ to be built into your life. And when those bad connections depart from you, it gives you an opportunity to deepen your dependency on God. And you know what? You're going to succeed without them. We don't have to worry in this world about are we missing out if we deconstruct some friendships. You know, they will sit on the sidelines of your life in complete silence as you overcome every obstacle, if you overcome every issue in your life and you live in success and the satisfaction of walking in the plan and purposes of God for your life. But you know it can't be done individually. Final thought on that. We're not called to live in isolation. We've had nearly two years of that. We're not called to live in isolation. Jesus built a team. He had people around him. And I'm really encouraged by this quote. You can see on the screen here from an American theologian. Jesus invested everything he had in a team. The Bible knows nothing about solo ministry, only team ministry. Really, really important for us. This is not a call to withdraw and retreat. This is a call to get connected to the right people. So what am I asking of you this afternoon? I'm asking you to take a moment to identify the connections that you do have. I'm gonna ask you this week, do a genuine exploration and examination of those friendships. Maybe you can reflect on the questions that I did. What's the main thrust or purpose or focus of this relationship? What am I contributing to that relationship? And what are they, if anything, investing or contributing into my life? Because if they're not on that journey where you are to fulfill God's plan and purpose for your life, they will derail you. They will discourage you. And dare I straight say it, they may even destroy your relationship with God if you allow it over time. So you need to decide today beyond any doubt what you want most as your clear priority this year, not what you want right now. The two are not connected. The two are not linked. And don't allow people who changed how they treated you historically to change how you subsequently treat other people. 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 12 tells us, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do, as you do. Recognize and remember that anything of value is going to take effort, action and commitment on your part. And the only way to do that is to become utterly consumed by God's will for your life. Everything else will fall away, will be discarded and will be removed from your life. You know, you can never have everyone's approval and God's anointing at the same time. You have to make a decision today, which is your choice. Determine the destination that you desire and move your friendships from being comfortable and convenient 
to friendships that carry conviction and calling. And the final thought before we close this afternoon, Ephesians 4, verses 19 and 20. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint from which it is equipped, then each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Here is Paul speaking to the church at Ephesus, saying, hey, grow up in every which way in him, that is Christ, which means that our growth of individual church members makes the growth of the church healthier, which means we can build this spiritual house, amen. Can I get a strong amen on that this afternoon? Which means we need to grow and adjust in our knowledge of God. We need to grow stronger together. We can't live in isolation. And so as I draw us to a close this afternoon, can I encourage you, reflect and consider your current connections. Are they aligned to God's kingdom or are they aligned to the ways of the world? That we are one house, KTLCC. This is our spiritual home. And we can be in the same house. We can have differences of opinion, even down to difference of opinion regarding theology. We can have different perspectives. Maybe you might look at some people in your life and go, well, I want them to invest in me. And I might look at the same people and go, maybe not in this season, maybe in the following. And so in your own life, decide prayerfully to identify a few people in the church community that you believe you can learn from and take the time this year to build intentional, meaningful relationships that help you have the correct connections in Christ so that you can grow individually, but then we can grow as a body of believers so that we can build this spiritual house here in KTLCC. Amen? Amen? <laughs> Praise God. I want to ask you to respond this afternoon. I hope you didn't hear cut off every person that isn't, you know, raising five people from the dead every morning. But it does require a reevaluation. And we don't do it. If you think about the new year, often we automatically resubscribe to the gym, we automatically resubscribe to our Starbucks app or whatever else it is. We don't even look at the terms and conditions, we don't even look at the cost, we just automatically do it. But I want us to take a step back from that thinking and connect intentionally and ask ourselves in this season, who do I need to be connected to? What do I need to put aside? What do I need to lay down? What do I need to let go of? Recognize sometimes that less is more. It's not about being the most popular Christian. It's about being the most authentic expression of Christ that you can possibly be in your location where God has placed you for such a time as this. So right where you are, why don't you close your eyes with me? And I'm going to ask you, just in the stillness of these moments, maybe you'll do what I do, did, and just evaluate those relationships. Go through your social media. Who needs to fall off? Who needs to fall away to be deprioritized? Who is harming and stifling God's plan and purpose for your life? 
Who's shifting your thinking? Dare I say it, I'll address the men on that for a moment. Banter for the men. Cheap talk. And who will God illuminate in your spirit right now to build healthier, more robust, more intentional connections with, where you can draw from them and learn from them and grow in and with them and through them. But maybe you need to think about who's interested in your life versus who's invested. Maybe you need to put down the idol of, well, I need to get to 10,000 followers on Facebook or Instagram because then I'll be liked. Maybe we need to open our ears to hear what the Spirit of the living God is saying to us in this moment, in this season. Because God is always speaking. We're not always listening. We don't always want His will for our lives. Often we want our will, which is why I believe the greatest prayer any Christian can pray is, Lord, your kingdom come and truly, Lord, your will be done. And it might be hard, but in John 15, we read that things have to be pruned in order to grow. I am the vine, you are the branches. In me you can do nothing, but with me you can do all things. And so some stuff has to be pruned today. And I just wonder as the team lead us forward in a song that we can stay in our seats with our heads bowed, maybe our eyes closed, and just take these precious moments as the team minister to us to reflect and ruminate on your relationships. What needs to be picked up? What needs to be let go of? And what is the Spirit of the living God saying to me today? that I'm going to intentionally walk in obedience to in 2022 so that at the end of my year, my circle of intimacy will reflect the love that the disciples had for Jesus and the, the love that Jesus had for his disciples and for humanity as a whole. Pray that you're blessed in Jesus' name.